Shalom and thanks for joining us. You're listening to the Elect Life Podcast Edition with Liz McGee. We hope you enjoy the journey as Liz takes you through her mystical insights from ancient Jewish writings. You'll find more info on the website at theelectlife.org. So go check it out and make sure you have oil in your lamp for the coming of Mashiach. And now your host, Liz McGee. Welcome back to this episode, Prophecy for the Last Hour. My name is Liz McGee, and we're going to get right back into the Tree of Life. I am doing a survey teaching on the Tree of Life, because I believe it's the absolute foundational, which is going to become more and more evident, because this is light of the Ruach for our time. But, as I've said, uh, so we're going to talk about, I'm going to move now to the Sephiroth of Hesed. I have painted quickly a bit of an understanding on the top, this is called, this is a triad. Uh, three. Keter, Chokmah, and Bina. This is our Heavenly Mother, our Heavenly Father. This, this is such an exalted, supernal understanding, location, play everything, of the throne of Elohim. But now we're coming down, all right? This is all emanations, our flows, their powers, their energies, their attributes, their manifestations of Yahweh in, in the world, all right? In all the worlds, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, whatever. So, Hesed. Now, Hesed is great because, and I have a few notes here. We're going to go through this. But before I do, see, one of the things that people wonder, like, where has all this information been? Where, did, where does this all come from? All this deep, layered, esoteric, systematic theology that is in Kabbalah. Well, the one thing is because it's, our texts are written in Hebrew. I'm just going to just say a very quick recap of something very important. Texts are written in Hebrew. Hebrew is an extremely, it, it, it's not really even a language like we think of. It's more of a chemical language, all right? These are glyphs, these are images, these are pictographs. These things contain, these letters contain tremendous information. Look at it like the bits of information that's being put out there to construct a computer code, all right? Now, the... Um, one thing that's a couple important things to understand in the, releasing the keys to the kingdom, getting people to understand. So I'm going to just unpack this is the letters I am. Uh, what's going on here, right? Because one of the things, the letters are called stones. Remember, Yeshua is the chief cornerstone. He is the word. He is actually the, the tightest, oh, you know, like, um, he's the absolute singularity. Everything is contained in Mashiach, all right? He is the ultimate container of all the letters, but he proceeds out, all right? Um, but it, it, the concept is of stones, it, it's like a carpenter who, who builds a house, and he utilizes, think of Elohim, is utilizing the letters, the 22 letters, the Aleph Bet, from Aleph to Bet, all those letters, to form what is called now, we're going into the top separate of what is known as Zer on Pin, or the sun, S-O-N. Or most of as the Vav, um, Yod Hey, Vav Hey. All right. Now, in so if you look at these things, they 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 form. It's like they they're building with wood and stone and uh, nails and cross beams. This thing is so directional. How this is the foundation. This is the structure. When Paul talks about no other foundation, he's really talking about the the knowledge that's in the the tree, the tree of life. It, the whole, the tree, 
from its branches, its leaves, to its roots, to its trunk, to its extremities, everything, all right? So then if you have that understanding that stones are letters, all right, then if you understand how they put this together, that there are, I've always said there's four worlds. Actually, you know, I'm not going to say there's five, but four we can only relate to really. And there's four levels of the soul, all right? So they code all this information because much of the information in the tree of life is invisible. It's the unseen. Paul says, you know, the hidden parts that actually have more glory uh, than the outward parts. He's talking about the upper upper wisdom as opposed to Malkut uh, down here. This is what he's referring to. But there are four, but see, so every letter in Torah, every 22 letters, is composed of four types. See, we always just think it's the letter, all right? But they don't understand if you were a good scribe, if you were a Torah sage and growing up in this tradition of understanding the Hebrew, you would, ha- you would grow up with all this understanding. Not only that, but the gematria, all right? Um, which is where a number, a, a, a mathematical equivalency is given to each uh, Hebrew letter, and then you put, put them together, and you can get 666, or all these great, you know, uh, 72, 77, whatever. Okay, so I just want to say this. So you have this cyan, you, the, the, um, it's composed of four elements, four worlds, four levels of understanding. So these are called the cantillation marks. These three, these are crowns. So these have information to them. So when a rabbi, or when a Torah sage, he understands what information is contained in that in terms of relationship to its supernal world, all right? So there's a, there is also called, the, there's a, this is called the trope or the cantillation mark, these, these little dots associated with the letter, if there is one. The vowel associated with the letter, and this is the, why the vowels are so important and why they were not standardized. They were put in according to the received tradition from Moshe of the oral Torah, okay? So then you have the vowel that's associated with the letter, and then you have well, I'm sorry, then you have the crowns that are on top of the letter. So there's four levels of understanding in each letter. So that's how they kind of contain so much information, all right? And why we are at such a disadvantage because we don't know Hebrew, we don't really respect Hebrew in its 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 elemental, uh, primordial uh, understanding. But it's all coming back. So back to Hesed and Gevir, all right? So, because when we're starting to talk now, like I said, this is called Zeron Pen. These are six separate, the, the central separate, think of like the hub on a wheel is different. I mean, this is actually the throne room, the Shiach. This is, there's, when we get to Tiferet, but Hesed is the first, this is, when we were made in the image and likeness. So let me just review quick. Let us, Chokmah and Bina, Make man in our male and female, two sides, left brain, right brain, two dualities that come together in a unity, all right? And especially in the sun, because the Tiferet balances all this, okay? So I'm going to lose anyone. This is also called, um, it, just let me give the bigger picture. So now we're picking up the second triad of this. The, these are called the upper waters. You ever heard that phrase? He separated the lower waters from the upper waters. Okay, they're, they're, what they're talking about on the tree of life. This has said, Gevera and Tifrit are known as the upper waters. They reside, this is the world of Bria in, in the five worlds, 
The world of Bria is the world of the mind, the mental imagery, or, you know, our understanding, the highest supernal understanding that our brains are really wired to have, okay? This is, and on a soul level, this is our Neshama soul level. This is the soul level you have to attain in order to, quote unquote, have been born again, all right? So this is what they're talking about. This is where we fell from, all right? And we need to get back up there, all right? And this is why Hasid is related, is called Father Abraham, all right? See, when you understand what they're doing, they're, it is so systematic. And every subset from a larger um, set of ideas just fits perfectly and neatly. So you have, okay, so we have the upper waters here. Just to tell you, the lower waters are Netzokot and Yeso. These are the lower waters, all right? And then they come down onto the earth plane, to, the, to manifestation, all right? Now, but back up to the upper waters, Hesed is, all right, now another relationship here, because they always say the same, it's on the male side, it's on the right side, all right? So Hesed is also known as, it, it's male, it's on the right side, because you remember we have a left, left side and a right side, the male and the female, this is, and it is um, right in between Hokma. Hokma is the father, so to speak, of Hesed, and Hesed, in a strength, begets Netzach, which is also known as victory. So here's our victory, all right? So we're going down very deliberately in a progression, all right? So, but we're sticking with Father Abraham because the other thing that they do, quote unquote, these upper waters, this is why, I should breathe. I was talking fast, I know, but there's a lot of information. Sorry, and I do want to say, I am going to get this all down in a very systematic study guide. So pray for me, it's coming, really and truly. So, uh, this is known as the patriarchs. So when they always talk about it, they always talk together about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And we have to grow in our understanding. It's not just talking about the literal, you know, these are our fathers. That's why they're called our fathers in the faith. But they are relate, they relate very specifically to sephirific levels of spiritual attainment and understanding. And we know Abraham is the highest for our let's just call it covenant purposes, all right? When, when Yahweh renewed the covenant of the parts, which was really interesting, the left side, he cut the left side and the right side, what is he doing? And he walked with Abraham down the middle pillar and made peace, and he just gave him the whole lay of the land. But we're, we can't go that deep this day. All right, so anyways, this concept of the middle pillar, which is yod heh vav is always coupled with the right side, which is Hasset. It is always known, see when, oh, this is coded so many ways. One of the ways is in, in, it relates to body parts. You know, like, does God have parts of a body? Not really, but what, what they're trying to do is teach you how to relate, how this relates on the tree of life in a theological way so we can correctly approach Yahweh, Elohim, okay? So, this being the upper waters, this being the triad of the throne room, also the the where and and different sitting on the throne, and like I said, you have to kind of think of like a like a, a hub on the spokes of a wheel, because really and truly, when you get that, it it it, it circles. It, this is like an atom. This is like the movements. This is what we're seeing in quantum mechanics. 
you're seeing the exact same template fit on top of this, and it fits. So, but the other thing about Father Abraham, he is the father of our faith. And I, probably, I won't do it at this time, but this is really, this was a lot of the, I won't call it argument, I would say call it the uh, theological justification, which I believe that Paul was giving as why faith, you know, was triumphing for the Gentiles, for the lost sheep, and getting them back up into here. Hesed is very much tied in with faith. Faith, it's the first sephirah right after um, the mother, and it is the greatest, and it has the most power in the sense so what it's bringing down. So what I'm trying to say is there's a reason why Abraham is equated with Hesed, why Abraham is the father of faith, because faith is a revelation, all right? And it, this revelation is coming down to us ultimately first through Hesed, which now I'm going to get into the two biblical words, you can do your own word studies, on the ethical quality or the nature of Yahweh Elohim that is being taught to us through this concept of hesed. And this is where the Christians, you know, when we all say, oh, God is love. Yes, but it's not the love. The, again, Christians need to correct their theology. <laughs> they have a lawless love. They think God is a lawless. You know, he just, he rewards the just and the unjust alike. Rewards, I said, all right. But he is a God of greatness and a God of loving kindness. And this is, it says that the goodness of God leads one to repentance. The goodness of Elohim leads one to repentance. That is a sephirithic reference to the fact that Hassad praised the Father that this goodness, mercy, uh, like this quality of Hassad is always raining down on us. All right, because if you look at these, it is always raining down on us. And if we can get under... Do the Jews call this, and I love this now because I do, I feel like under the shefetal, under the, the goodness, the mercy of Elohim. You always want to kind of be under this, <laughs> this uh, emanative influence and energies. All right. So let's get back to a couple of these. Now, I have here, there's a Strong's 2617, which is the word, mercy. And there is a Strong's word, 1420, greatness. These are like the two sides of Hesed. They're both correct. Actually, the oldest understanding, Kabbalistically, or is as Elohim's greatness. All right, and I think the concept of His mercy it just it gained more and more speed through the through the whole exiles because truly it was His greatness that was sustaining them, keeping them. But it was His mercy that they weren't being wiped out time and time again. Anyway. All right, so um, one four two zero, which means greatness. All right, now this is also, as I was saying, you're going to say this is the right hand. When we put this, I was saying about the body parts. So this is sort of the head. This is the the torso, the body. Tifrit is in the middle, the heart, and um, the middle, all the important organs that go up and down the middle. Yesod is the reproductive. The bringing the new life right through the channel all the way into manifestation in Malkut. So this is the right arm of Elohim. There is no, this is why he says, with his strong arm, with his mighty right hand, the, he's saying he is going to use all the energy between of Hesed to get the victory in Netzach. All right? It's a very deliberately 
you know, they do that deliberately, all right? And most people, you know, and this is why in the HBO, the right and the left, you're right-handed or left-handed. There's reasons, theologically, not that you pigeonhole people like this, but you people, we need to understand the deep the theology that is behind these relationships. And that, again, will help make all the crooked places great. So we have this idea of greatness. It's the mighty acts. Personally, this again, why there's two words here, because it also represents a very established publicistic um, formula that there's always a vessel and there's always a container. Now, when there's always a vessel and a container, something that contains, and those are like the letters, they contain all the emanating, the energies of Elohim that are being put forth. So you always have, so when it says that the children of Israel saw the mighty acts of Elohim, all right? They were privy to his greatness, believing the parting of the Wet Sea, you know, on Mount Sinai when they saw the thunder and the fire and all this kind of stuff. They were very privy to, in a, in a physical, in a, sort of a more manis, manifestation, all right, which was also in those days, it included their minds were totally illuminated when especially stood on Mount Sinai, their hearts were changed and they entered into a physical circumcision covenant with Elohim, okay? So on all levels, but the point, this is where they see the, the mighty acts of Elohim, but it was um, Moshe who knew how to wield, how to use uh, Yahweh's hesed, his loving kindness, this quality of mercy, and save the Israelites in so many instances. So this idea of, um, it's very important to say this is the greatness of Elohim. And let me tell you something. If you're going to rescue somebody, this is the whole point of Abraham, you know, what they're saying, okay, Abraham went and after Lot, and, and Lot was captured by a conglomerate uh, of four kings. Maybe it's five, but I think it's four kings. Wicked kings. And there are a lot of numbers. And if they, you know, if you get deep into the Midrash, they'll give you some of the numbers and who these kings were and stuff like that. And here goes Abraham after to rescue Lot, goes after them with like 300, I forget the number, 340, let's say it is, of his own men. From his own house okay and he he totally rescues lot and he totally defeats them and he, so here's a little indication look at if god's going to do something he's great he doesn't need a lot you know one of his little fingers might get the job done all right um so in order for him to do something like he was you know he told abraham go save lot he he in, in yahweh and abraham was like i guess look i'm going to be with you it's going to be my greatness believe me this will be a piece of cake because i am great and i will give you victory so this is all kind of tied up into this story there. So always understanding it's his greatness, what you, you see, we experience when we get a great answer to prayer, when we get a miracle, it's like, oh my gosh. But it's his mercy that is the sustaining, constant flow that you can count on and you can come in repentance to the Shushuba anytime, day or night, whether there's clouds, or sunshine or whatever, and receive his loving kindness. It says, by the way, his mercies are new every morning. Because Hesed is also equated with the sun. What comes out first in the day, which is equated with it, is the sun. And the sun just, you know, it, it radiates everywhere. And even when it's cloudy, the point is those radiated waves of the sun are still going out. All right? So it's a mental thing. You can always count on the loving kindness of of Elohim. See, and so when he, so because that's why he is love, all right? It's like your child, you know, I mean, you have wayward kids. They might be extremely wayward, and but you love them. 
You want the best for them. You will go to any length and fight for them, pray for them to um, bring them up totally to what to their full potential. This is sort of the relationship, the understanding of like, and again, calling it Father Abraham. Because um, another story that I'm going to say on this, Abraham, especially in the Midrash, is is always equated as a man of great hospitality. He was always entertaining strangers. He was always known as, as a man of loving kindness and justice. On his, and this is because, true, that is the attribute that he represents. Versus David or someone else who comes from an attribute of the Gevera, which is a man of war. And see, what's going on ultimately between this concept of the loving kindness, see, um, and the judgment of Elohim. See, this is why the right side is kindness, the left side is judgment. And it is the middle pillar that determines sort of the sentence, which way it's going to go. How much chastening are you going to get, or how am I going to get completely pardoned? This is all part of what the, the, the theological concept that's going on in the relationship as Yahweh is weighing. So why do you think you're weighing these things in the balance? I mean, think about it, if you're constructing something, one of the things you got to do is you got to weigh out how much it's going to take. You know, how much gold is it going to need to build this thing? How much, but I'm digressing. All right. So what I want you also to see is, again, this is the right side. This is the left side. This is the middle pillar. And what we're talking about with Hesed, these are the ethical polarities of Elohim. Remember? And he said, look, at, I would you would have mercy and not judgment. Just, and, but justice. See, he wants us always, you know, and this was the whole point. This is the point of the story also with Levi and Simeon, I believe, who went after and vindicated or thought they were vindicating the death or the rape of their sister, Diana. And so that Yahweh was very upset with them and, and he punished them. They were chastened severely even into their generations because they exhibited way too much judgment and showed no mercy, especially what they did to all those um, she Shechem guys. <laughs> Whatever. All right, so these are all built in. This is things that we need to understand. Um, now, and let me just, just make sure I covered the whole other part about, so the greatness and the mercy. Now, uh, in the mercy, these are the, just let me say this again, some of the qualities, we have to understand this. Grace, patience, mercy, loving devotion, goodness, kindness, faithfulness. This is all the attribute that's wrapped up in this, in, in Hesed, okay? And you couple that with the greatness of Elohim, and he will accomplish what he has purposed. So, you know, he has rescued us. And he will restore us because he has the power and the ethical, the mindset, the will to do that. So a couple other ways in which they um, code this is, uh, so I talked about the right arm. This is the right arm of Elohim. This is the male. The father of Hesed is Hokmah. This is the Hebrew name. In Hebrew, it's El Elyon. All right, El, one of the names of God. So this is one of the, this is in the Godhead. So we're never talking about other gods. This is nothing to do with polytheistic, you know, other gods kind of thing. That nothing to be further for the truth in what's being addressed and taught and explained in, in, a, in a tree of life, a Hebraic tree of life. All right. So El Elyon, it's in the world of Bria and it is the um, operation of the Neshama soul. This is the Bob. 
this is the first, this is the right shoulder of the mob. And I'll tell you another reason. <laughs> this is what I mean. Okay, let's just take this example. If you know, you know, the priests were always allowed, the choicest pieces of the meat were given to the high priest. And the choicest piece of meat, and I believe, was the right shoulder, the right flank or something, which is another way that they would call it, that the choicest pieces of meat would be reserved for the high priest. And also it says for those who pursue Yahweh, where um, we feed on the best that the land can produce. I mean, there's no better quality than Yahweh's loving kindness, and we need it every day. That's why every day we wake up and we repent for all the sin, you know, everything we, where we fell short or whatever. And every day his kindness, enough of that grace is there for us to continue to get the victory. And that's like for that day, and sufficient unto the day. So that's why all this is wrapped up in understanding this chart. Now, the light, Hesed is also the first time it is the supernal light, the hidden light, the highest, is now coming into manifestation in the heavens. That's why it's equated a little bit sometimes with the sun, because the sun is the first body that you see and in the new day, all right, and is the king. Also, let me say, it's also equated with Jupiter. Jupiter is the planet that is affiliated with Hesed. It's the king planet. Also, the lion is equated with Hesed, especially in the Maseroth. And we know the Maseroth is really, it, in, it's in four quadrants, and it's talking about all the cycles that the sun, moon, and stars and everything go through and that they influence us. And it includes time, auspicious times, and so uh, that's why it says, for everything there is a season under heaven. So the lion is one of the four in Ezekiel's wheel. Like I said, because this is like a wheel. So has said, this is like the lion in that configuration. And it's like always spinning and moving. It's or to the lion, the man, the eagle, and I believe the bear is the other one. All right. And we'll, we'll get to them when we get to the other stuff. But for our intents and purposes, has said, Again, think of lion, think of greatness, all right? He's the greatest of all the animals. Jupiter is the greatest of the planets. So it's all tracking, all right? Um, but in terms of the light, the first manifestation of when Yahweh said in Genesis 1-3, let there be light. He's talking about has said, let there be this quality of myself now going forward. And it will be the foundation, right? God is love is the foundation of the world, all right? And without that, I said, the world would fail, right? It's, it's okay, so, so it's equated with the Vav. I said that it is the sun. Now, in John 1, 4, again, he, he affirms this. John is one of the most initiated, um, you know, a scene. It might be, he's like an a scene fully initiated with this understanding of the deeper levels of meaning, and he is talking in this language. John and Revelation are totally talking. All their symbology, there's nothing literal, really. He's talking about all these relationships, and especially how Mashiach and how Messiah ben Joseph relates in this different, and how has said now, a great light has shown. And he is in him was light. 
So Tiferet really represents this, but in him, this light was the light of men. So it's all tracking. That's what it's saying. This is the light that is that that Tiferet is manifesting out into all the earth. And um, it is the light of life for men. So you can see in an Old Testament, New Testament, truly they're talking about the same thing. All right. The same configuration of theological connections. All right. Now, um, and John came to testify to this light. Now, another thing that's interesting is, you know, we are told by Yeshua himself said that there was no greater prophet. There was no one than, than John, right? John the Baptist was the greatest of all prophets, right? So that's a pretty, and Yeshua said that's a pretty high hierarchical designation, right? But then um, John says about the Messiah, he says, no, I bear witness to the light that's coming into the world. And I am not the light, and but the light is greater than I am. And so he's just, you know, John's raising, he's just a righteous Sadiq soul down here in this level of Malkut in all Israel. But this manifestation of Yeshua Messiah and Joseph, he's making no mistake, make no mistake about it. He is greater than I. He comes from a much more primordial place than I do. His soul, his root, his not, I mean, everything, all right? So this is what they're doing. It gives you great relationship on everything. This, like I said, this is known as the six zero pin. This is why a lot of times you'll see diagrams of a sun, a circle, and then you'll see um, five or six, you know, satellite suns around it because they're talking about what's of zero pin, the sun and the bob in the tree of life. All right, and that's how you depict it. All right, now. Um, this is okay. So let it says, let us make man in our image, in our likeness and image. The upper triad here, like I said, the upper waters here, this is known as the likeness, the soul part of us, the pro that's in the likeness of Elohim. See, so not these words, you have to take every single word, example individually, and then plug it in, in into the relationship of the words that are juxtapositioned around it. That's how you get context. So this is, like I said, the upper waters. This is the likeness, the image. I told you there's another triad right below this. And I'll tell you the patriarchs. This is Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Well, this is Moses, Aaron, and Joseph. All right. And again, very deliberate mental equations and relationships given. These are all mysteries. This is all stuff that, meaning a mystery isn't something you're never going to, you just got you just got to get into the deeper deeper, deeper water, get, get higher up in your understanding, deeper water. All right, so this is the heavens, and then this is the earth. So all of this, that's why they say there are seven heavens, is another thing you'll read, esoterically, in some seven heavens. Well, yeah, because each of these represents a realm, a heaven, a dimension, one of, but they all work together, and um, this is all one big whole, but we can you know, kind of break it down for our intents and purposes. But geography, I was going to end on this note. So I said that um, in Psalms 44.3, so you know the keys, it, it says, it was your right hand. But when you understand right hand, okay, so we're talking Hesed. That's our geography. The right hand of them is known as the right arm, the shoulder, Hesed. You always start with there, okay. 
the direction of the right hand, I told you, is south. All right? And the right hand, so when you're facing east, the different is east. So because I said there's geography on it. So it's another way you can cross-reference this. Tiferet is the east. When you're facing Tiferet, it's on your right. The south, they have it, is Hesed. So even directionally, I hope this makes sense. So when you're facing it, the south is Hesed. And I have this little box I put together, which is a dimensional cube. There's above and below. Then you have north, south, east, and west. And these, uh, these are coded to the separate. So Malkut is the west. So when something's in the west, it means it's in, a, in, in the lower planes in the manifestation area here. Something's up in the south. This is the t on this cube, this hypercube. You guys have seen me, I'm sure. Have, I made one on a paper. And Gavira is the north. So we got north, we got north, south, east, and west. And if you put this in a three-dimensional, you will totally see the relationship. And how you can see how once you understand this, you can see how they are absolutely coding in. Um, so the right hand we know is has said. So there's no confusion amongst these keepers of our tech Torah text. They know exactly what information is in this, all right? And they've been keeping it going forward. I mean, technically, there's been a remnant on the earth in since the time of Adam. And now it's time for all of this to come out and for us to truly understand the tree of life and kind of grow up into this highest level of understanding. So on that note, Hesed, Father Abraham, may you be a child of faith. May you come in to uh, the whole the heavens. May you enter your through uh, the loving kindness and the greatness of Elohim. Shalom! We hope you enjoyed today's message. Maybe you have some questions or would like to share your thoughts. Liz would love to chat with you about it, so head on over to the website, theelectlife.org. That's one word, theelectlife.org. Or if you prefer, you can leave your comments on the Liz McGee YouTube channel. And if you're over on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and hit the bell so you won't miss out on anything new. Tune in next week as Liz brings out more on the mysteries that matter and more food for the soul. Thanks for tuning in. Shalom.